Yeah, for sure. Why not? Might as well. Might as well. You have second thoughts about escalating the war? I have second thoughts about everything. <laughs> well, I have the right to. If I want, I could declare a national emergency. I think when they who what when they steal and take out and intellectual property theft, anywhere from. Three hundred billion to five hundred billion dollars a year, and when we have a total loss of almost a trillion dollars a year for many years, this has been going on. Somebody did this. In many ways, it's an emergency. I have no plan right now. Actually, we're getting along very well with China right now. We're talking. I think they want to make a deal much more than I do. We're getting a lot of money in tariffs. It's coming in by the billions. We never got ten cents from China. No. So we'll see what happens. But uh, we are talking to China very seriously. Are your allies pressuring you to give up the trade war with China? No, not at all. I haven't heard that. I think they uh, respect the trade war. It has to happen. China has been. I can only speak for the United States. I can't say what they've been doing in the UK and to other places. But from the standpoint of the United States, what they've done is outrageous. That presidents and administrations allowed them to get away with taking hundreds of billions of dollars out every year, putting it into China. So the answer is. Uh, Nobody told me that. Nobody would tell me that. No way! I can't believe this. Dreams. <laughs> Reality. <laughs> or or Munyanyo. Yo, that that dude fucking reposted us. That's just crazy. Oh, he's awesome. Chat. Chat. All right. Right now we're fully occupied as far as no vacancy allowed because. I got to my left, to my right, right in front, peripheral, all points of vision fully covered. Pause. I had a time in advance, but it's like I'm asking for an audio bukkake of sorts because I'm getting it from all angles. And I'm fully satisfied in all orifices. Pause, though. Emphasis on that. I stress enough. This is something spectacular. You know by now the voice who this on a regular every episode as I host this thing and I do it with the acronym who's hearing out this intelligence speak speaking. That's me, who this but I'm joined again, full house, fully packed, clip fully loaded. We're here with AO Productions 1. Gang, gang, motherfucker. Let me get that correct from last time, last couple episodes. I got it wrong because I just couldn't think on the spot. So, AO. AO Productions number one. Okay. Is the IG. <laughs> is the SoundCloud. Who's number two? Fuck Facebook. Number <laughs> nigga, number two don't matter. Excuse my language. I'm gonna be saying the N word this episode, so excuse my language. You got you got the card from Paul Mooney. It's all good. <laughs> I see yo, Paul Mooney's a man, bro. Um, we here, bro. Crown Heights. <laughs> Ain't you black? I'm fifty one percent according to twenty three. Who, Who are you? Who are you? What are you? Afro Dominicano. Yes. You fucking black, nigga. Damn. All right. <laughs> That's an introduction. <laughs> there you go. I make beats, by the way. You got you got race <laughs> checked. <laughs> <laughs> they pulled your race card. I don't even know how to do that. <laughs> I know I'm black. I know I'm black. Who? I'm sorry. Who? Who am I talking to? Who am I talking to? We haven't even introduced you. Who am I talking to? So now we run it down the line to go ahead, please. <laughs> Yeah, what's good, what's good, what's good, what's good, boy? What's poppin'? So, my name is uh, Brendan. I'm a rapper, producer, songwriter. It's lit. And I'm from Brooklyn. <laughs> You're not performing. Why do you sound like that? <laughs> I represent Realist Sound Entertainment. The Realist Entertainment, you Let's can get find. it. 
let's 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 get it. <laughs> Amazing. Love you guys. There's somebody else here. It's me. On your conscience. And keep it in Brooklyn, moving right to his left. Yes, it's Frankie Payne, the guitar wizard, aka musical wizard, El Dolor, El Dolor, mami, which translates to Play the pain, the pain, the anal pain. Oh, <laughs> shit, oh Jesus, you don't want no anal pain, <laughs> boy. Oh my gosh, you know what's funny though? Because yeah, I would always think of the word boy. analogy. And I would always think right away to anal OG. So then, are you? Do I? You identify as one? It sounds like you do an anal OG. That's amazing. OG of anal. Yes, 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 yes to all questions. All Brooklyn heads. It's realist Brendan on IG. It's Frankie Dot Pain. Yes. On Check IG, the guitarist from Afro Dominicano. Of many. It's AO Productions. The fucking, I'll say it, the best producer coming out of Crown Heights since 92. Slept on. Not a lot Talk of beats up, but it's all good. Talk to him. It's coming. Dreams. <laughs> Reality. This is great, guys. I love you guys. <laughs> yeah, so AO did me a favor by bringing in, you know, who we trust in his innermost circle, his confidants. Kept it Brooklyn, of course, which I can't really hate on because we're in Queens, so the art we're gets in, crafted here. We're in your here. home territory. You can't be uncomfortable right oh, now. I thought we were in Brooklyn. My bad. <laughs> it took forever to, bro, to a fucking hour. Listen, 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 listen. I will never shit on Queens. Queens is almost just as great as Brooklyn. No, I mean I gotta rep my own, own play. I also who this play. is like if you have a child, right you're not gonna tell another child <laughs> you're just as good as my child. No, you're not gonna say that. So you know, but I love Queens. I don't have nothing against Queens. I don't know why you have I shit mean, against Brooklyn. No, you guys no, got Mob Deep, Fifty Cent. Come mm. on, Nas. Don't forget Nas. Nas, Nas. come yeah. on, come on. That last album was Top fire all time. Come on. According to that list, number two, right? Top fifty. Oh, oh right. Oh, a couple of people made a list. No, I'm saying he's he's two on that one. So on, on your list? No, no, the the one that got um viral, the top fifty MCs. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. One was Jay, two was Nas, three was Joe Budden. Get the. So we had a field day with that. <laughs> exactly. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Who? Who? What? Who? Joe's the man, but come on now. Number three? Are you kidding me? Yeah. No. So that's why a lot of people thought there was a whole conspiracy about it because they thought he put it out and had like a little low-key podcast saying, no, we put it out, but it's really Joe Bunn's list, allegedly. You already know how I feel about Joe Bunn. Yeah, I know. The last podcast. Have I, you guys heard my Joe Bunn impression? I almost have nothing against Joe Budden. Yeah, you do. Everyone in the game got something against me. I've been trying to rap and tell niggas how real I keep it. Peep it. It's like a teddy bear. Sleep with it. <laughs> <laughs> I ain't even a rapper. Yo, his rants be the best. I'm not gonna lie. I just think it's, <laughs> I just think it's funny when he gets mad. I have some respect for him though. Nah, you should. I don't have any disrespect, but number three of no. all time. Oh, I'm not talking about the list. I'm talking about him as a person. Like, I have some respect for him because he never really backs down on his right. opinions. Minus hitting women. Allegedly. Allegedly, hey, they got nothing on him right now. Hey, so, listen, 
R. Kelly was allegedly for 20 years. Don't even so, mention him, bro. Please. Don't I don't want to do this again. Oh Yo. Oh, my God. The fucking last podcast. <laughs> what the fuck did I say last podcast? No, I'm not defending oh. R. No, 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 no. I'm just saying. It's not even about that, bro. I said fuck R. Kelly the hardest. Pause. Pausa. Like, this is like... A year ago, before the documentary came out, I was like, yo, some shit about to pop off. Fuck R. Kelly. That nigga's up to some shit. The fucking document came out a year later. And I'm like, I fucking told you so. And I was already saying, like, yeah, yeah. they were talking You're shit about him with Aaliyah and all this shit. And that's why she yo, was, like, all fucked you, up. Remember that rapper? I don't know his name, but he came out first, too. He was saying some shit, too. Like, years ago. What are we talking about? I forgot his name, man. He just came out and he was like, yo, fuck... I don't know where in the interview he just started saying, oh, fuck yeah, R. Kelly. Oh, um, yeah, I think it What's was, uh, I think it was Vince Staples. Yes. Yeah, 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 I think yeah. it was Vince Staples. Yeah, well, yeah, he was outside. He, he was, was doing regular, an interview. Yo, yeah. Like, what? <laughs> he yeah, went I off. Think it was Vince Staples. Fuck R. Kelly and everybody in his crew, because they was enabling him to do that shit instead of fucking taking him to a shrink or some shit. That would have been better way back when before all this happened, in my opinion. Yeah, we were talking about that earlier, Um, us... Ayo and Frankie. Brendan, how you feel about that? Is everybody in his camp guilty by association just for not saying nothing to him necessarily, but just being there anyway? When you're talking about fuck somebody in their whole camp, sometimes you got to understand, like, there's some people in somebody in somebody's... Now, camp is just this word. For you listeners out there that, that don't know what the word camp is, camp is when you say, like, the Kendrick Lamar camp, that's like... His team. That's the people who he runs with. Mm -hmm. Now, when you have somebody in your camp, a lot of times there's some people that's not up to speed with everything that you're actually doing. Mm. So there might be, a, a you know, accusations or whatever it may be, but the little person in his camp might not even know what he was up to. So, like, I would definitely say fuck R. Kelly and, like, the closest people to him, obviously. That's what I meant. That's yeah, what I yeah, meant yeah. So. But like R. Kelly, like let's just say if R. Kelly did like has a producer or whatever that he works with, not necessarily fuck him. But that's the thing you know? is that he was bringing girls to the studio, bro. Like he was fucking girls in the studio too. You feel me? So now his camp knows they didn't do shit. I'm yes. saying if they if they had came out before the document came out and said like, "Yo, Kelly, you know this shit is like." This shit is sus as fuck, right? You know what you're, what you're doing as well. Like, if somebody had just approached them, you know what I mean? Like, and it's tough to say, it's tough to try to put yourself in those shoes to try to imagine, like, what he's thinking in his head in terms of, like, having that power or having, like, the mindset he has and then coming from a background where, you know, he was abused or molested or whatever the case may be. Yeah. All that's put to the side um, when we talk about what he's done and how disgusting it is. But oh, most def. You can't. I agree. Most I feel definitely. like you need to put it all on the table before you really analyze it. Now well, that yeah, there's more on the table, I still say fuck R. Kelly. You know what nah, I'm saying? I get but it. But fuck his camp too because they didn't do shit. Nah, I get it. I get it. Like I get what you're coming from. Like I, 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 and like it's good that you said that because you really put it in perspective. Like now these days, like. People need to be held accountable Absolutely. for what they're doing, especially now more than ever. Mm -hmm. Like our idols, our role models, these mm -hmm. big people, the elites, mm -hmm. they need to be called out. So that was like, that was a really good thing that came out of the Me Too movement mm -hmm. or whatever. Like finally, we had some people that was being held accountable and exactly. like getting called out. Exactly. For me. So that's good that you brought that up. I, I definitely agree with that. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. But then I think if you're, let's say, the last one to join the camp, 
before everything got exposed, yeah, all that too. That's a tough position. Oh, you tight. <laughs> Yo, you're tight. You're the intern. You just started Yo, working. You just got like, fuck. Hello, Mr. Kelly. I got paycheck. your papers here. Oh. Yo. Oh. oh. I need a job. Oh. That's like when Bernie uh, made. I'm not putting in my two weeks. Not when uh, Bernie made off. That's like imagine like the day he got arrested, like some new person just started, just started. like just started. His oh from like, oh, I'm so grateful. I just, I just graduated. You know, I, I'm just so, so happy to get started <laughs> in my career in finance. Sit, <laughs> boom, locked up, nigga, tight. That nigga's dread. Hashtag estres. <laughs> <laughs> and imagine like, imagine like that same person like. Always gets that bad luck. Like, like <laughs> that's even worse, bro. <laughs> like that like every <laughs> job you get, you find out your boss is a fucking monster. Boy fucking shit. kids out here and shit. Like it's the same guy. He went to Subway and then found out about Jared. And then he goes, Oh my god. And then he went to then he interned at Sony, got a deal with R. Like, Kelly. I always wonder why he always like, made me do two sandwiches. Plot twist. He it was the first day as R. Kelly's accountant. Damn. I haven't been to a bank in 25 years. <laughs> I never handle my money. Nigga, who he, who he, in this day? He would always order a kid's meal. Boy. I don't know why. <laughs> oh my God. R. Kelly, do you like do you like young girls? No. No. What do you define as young? Yeah, yo, that is, is the word. Bro, did you see if you could if anyone, anyone looked that shit up? Look up that video that he just said. If you type in R. Kelly, do you like young girls? It's the fucking first question of the literally, interview, bro. Yeah, literally. literally. And that was literally They his were answer. prepping him for this shit, bro. You know what the guy said on the in the document? He goes, I just wanted to start the start it off easy because it was in the midst of like all the rumors and the cases. So I was just gonna put it out there like an easy easy? question. It was no, but he said that's a yes or no question. It's a yes or no question, right? All he had to do was say no. The first question, yo, R. Kelly, let's keep it just straight. We're gonna start it off, you know. Let's just get all the bullshit out the way. Do you like young girls? This motherfucker had the audacity to say. When you talking about young girls, uh, how old are we talking? Yeah. <laughs> he literally said that. Like, well, what, he do you, said, what do you define as young? Oh, no, no, no. He said, like he said, he's, no, no, no. Sorry, 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 sorry. <laughs> Verbatim. He said, do you like teenage girls? Yeah. And he said, when you say teenage girls, what do you how, mean? Oh, how, how old are we talking? What do you mean as teenagers? Girls who are, te- and the guy says, girls who are teenagers. That motherfucker, just say no. <laughs> The number that ends with teen. <laughs> you know what he, exactly. he said? He said. That nigga probably meant like 19, 18. This nigga said, wait, wait. he you might know. as well have said, so when you, when is teenage like 12? Yeah, he was like, <laughs> after like, 12 is lunch. <laughs> oh my God. Frankie. Frankie. Frankie, why? Bro. Ah. Yo, I'm going to leave bro. it at that. Fuck R. Kelly. Bro. All right, next. Let's move Fuck on. Fuck R. Kelly. Next topic. Rest in peace, R. Kelly. We love you. <laughs> Fucking piece of shit. I'm mad because he has good songs, man. Now we can't we can't Amazing enjoy the music. Songs. Why can we not? Yeah. That's another question. Produce, Do produce. we fuck with their music now because of this? He was the first Russ before Russ was Russ. If oh. you, you know that, right? Mm-hmm. He produced, wrote, recorded all his all his things. Maybe not engineered, we get it. But Again. he was the he was the Russ before Russ. 
So that that's why that's why he's got so much respect over these years. Like With the he was that nigga. Like he was the Russ of the R and B. Like that's who he, and he was a manager. I and he you. helped propel other people's careers by, you know, favors or whatever. <clears throat> yeah. Yeah, to get an That's the prey. problem, bro. But anyway, yeah, let's let's move on. Yeah, fuck R. Kelly. Peace. Yo, in a year, when yeah. we talk about this again, <laughs> I'm going to say it again. <laughs> fuck R. Kelly. Just put it Facts. on his shirt, bro. But, but I'm going to be your producer you know tag. I'm going to make that. should just be your producer tag. Hey, fuck yo, R. Kelly. Hey, yo, fuck R. Kelly. Hey, yo, hey, yo, hey, yo. Fuck R. Kelly. I'll say it again. Fuck R. Kelly. All right, we done. After 12 is lunch. Yo. Oh, my Let's move on. This is getting PG fourteen. <laughs> but yeah. wait, just going off of that, just we'll end with R. Kelly there. But I mean, Chris Brown came back, like rejuvenated his whole oh, career God. after allegedly beating Rihanna. Allegedly, Yo, she not. fought back. Let's not forget that. So many others too. You know, came back, bounced <laughs> back Island after girls. like in a amount of years. Do you think R. Kelly has any chance of doing that now with the doc with everything that came coming out? Back? Oh, no. uh, coming back? Don't sleep on it. We're coming back. Yeah, don't like sleep in on any it. way, shape, bro. Don't form. don't sleep no, no. on it. You know how many things? You know how many things are possible now, now than ever. Yo, we had a nigga with skittle hair. Tisco. We had a nigga with skittle hair <laughs> make hip hop music. <laughs> skittle scream hair? on Tekashi. the track. Oh, uh, Takashi. We don't. I don't say his name, my oh. nigga. Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> Voldemort. Voldemort. <laughs> We listen. Tiger had a little comeback for a year. Fuck like, him too. With a new hairline. With a new hairline. Yeah. Listen. Don't don't sleep on it. Like people will still promote toxic. Something to talk about. Like there's bro, there's people, people that took their child support money, their alimony money, and bailed him out and paid for shit. Old ass women, bro. Don't don't sleep on it. It's very unfortunate, but I won't be surprised if he make a big ass comeback. I would. I would. The name of the album is... No, I'm not going to say it. No, I'm not going to support it. (laughs) Don't say it. I know you're going to say it. Don't say it. Please don't. And his 12-track album is amazing. Oh, my God. (laughs) And it got a feature by Michael Jackson somehow. Yo, isn't it crazy? Not to... Nah, we not moving now to Michael (laughs) Jackson. This nigga want to go... No, no, no. I was going to say, isn't it crazy that Drake got that track? With the soundbite from Michael Jackson on um, what was the last project? I don't give a fuck about anything that man does. (laughs) Damn, Brendan, shut him down. You real Brooklyn? That's a you know. I I, I like that about Brendan. He's real Brooklyn in the stance. Like fuck that, fuck him. Any very honest. Like if I don't like something, I will not stand in a room and everybody else is like, oh yeah, this person, yeah, yeah. If I'm the only one I don't like that nigga, or I, I'll call that shit out. Now fuck that nigga. <laughs> I don't care. Like <laughs> you sound like Joe Budden, but nah, in my boy. head, in my head, you would say something that he would say. Any rapper that's not wearing Tim's, <laughs> I ain't fucking with him. That's just how it is, bro. Listen, I love my. Hey Tim's. man, the only nigga I fuck with that don't wear Tim's is Eminem, and that's that on my lugs. good days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Fuck your button, though. Out of pocket. <laughs> Niggas is out of pocket. Look, you got to give Joe Button some credit. At least I'll give him credit. I do. I do, too. Maybe because he's a Virgo like I am, too. Is he a Virgo? Yeah. That yeah. explains it. I give him some credit, too. I'm a Virgo. I get it. We're stubborn. We can be stubborn. But 
I, I put them like top twenty five, maybe. I as I, far as like bars go, strictly MC, like just strictly like bars. Yeah, like all right, maybe top thirty. I, I put them in my top thirty, maybe. Nah, me, I probably put them like maybe forty nine. God damn, <laughs> out of fifty. No, but we're not talking about artists. We just talking about like bars. Strictly oh. bars. Strictly bars. You was an MC. Strictly bars. Just I can't even have bars. an opinion on that. Probably. I didn't do my homework. I didn't have the history of listening to his music to begin with. Like growing up, it was, it was Spanish music. It was merengue, seventies, eighties. It was bachata. It was Bro. fucking Bob Marley. Bro. Point in my life, I thought that was music. That's it. Facts. We're gonna get into That's that too. Crazy. Um, I had a similar, similar upbringing. Bro, my introduction to hip hop. <laughs> you ready? The womb. It was just that All day, every day for seven, eight years. That's what I thought. Wait, <laughs> not even twelve years. I'm surprised you don't play more bachata. Bro. And then that nigga started going. I, honestly, <laughs> I neglected that side, and it wasn't until like I met Afro that I kind of like said, "Oh shit." There's this whole culture that I'm like emulating because I oh, want to just do this rock shit. But. DMX was, by the way. Oh no, it was, it was between it was between the Locks, Beanie Siegel, Jada Kiss, DMX, and then a little bit of like Biggie. Well, you had a great introduction. Yeah. So, <laughs> but but it didn't it didn't stick. It didn't okay. stick. Like it was kind of forbidden. For me to listen to that, cause I was out here, Same. bro. I was yelling them shits. I would get smacked so hard, bro. Any curse word. Where my dogs at? Yo, that was my shit, bro. Right here, dog. I can't even do the sound. But yeah, so it was tough with hip hop. So I didn't, I didn't stick around for Joe Budden, and and there are a lot of artists that are still around that are crucial to the history of hip hop. I don't. In any way, shape, or form, take away from that. But for them to not put in the work, or at least not put in an additional amount of work to protecting the craft and still showing like their potential greatness in the culture, in the genre, I think it's like, all right, you don't have to do it. But if you're gonna put, you know, if you're gonna put your two cents in and say you're the shit, then. You write your own shit. Don't have uh, 80 writers on an album <laughs> and a ghostwriter. <laughs> yeah. Especially if you're trying to be top five dead or alive. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, that's what not makes you top five, top 10 when you have ghostwriters and have. No, I, and I agree. I agree. You know? I don't, but then I, again, like some I pop artists out here. Yeah. Like some rapper slash pop artists out here. I wouldn't know who would be the best. Top five there a lot. I would uh, ultimately just go straight New York answers. Fucking Jay Z. Nah, that's what the fuck you supposed to say. Yeah, because if you want to be my friend, but it's true. No, but it's all right. True. Regardless, regardless, even if I didn't grow up in New York, I'd probably still believe that. You know what I mean? If you don't put Jay Z in your top five, is a problem. Jay Z's top that. two. I'm sorry. Jay Z's top two. Is that Brooklyn bias speaking or no? It's not. It's, it's, it's culture bias. Okay. It's the culture. Like, don't get it twisted. Every other genre is a genre. Hip-hop is the only genre that in itself is a culture. That it, that's it, point blank. It is the only genre. Because well, hip-hop is not just... Ah, that's not a... But, and, Afro, well, and Afro. But, that's the, <laughs> but that comes from the culture of the South. That's not in itself a culture. 
like when you spoke speak about a genre being a culture, like hip hop is not just rap. It's DJ. It's it's b boy. It's graffiti. It's art. It's expression. Yeah, facts. It's all of that. Facts. And no other genre ever gave a lot you that. Of, yeah, a lot came out of hip hop. No sure. other genre gave you that. For point sure. blank. So when you talk about hip hop and like top five, top ten, me as a rapper, like I look at hip hop a little bit differently. I don't look at it as just a genre. Mm. Like it is a culture to me. And it is a culture that I seek to honor and respect that I'm a part of. Mm. So like Jay-Z did the utmost, the most for the culture. He was preaching owning your masters and owning your own things since he first started when he had his messed up teeth. Mm. Like he was he came in the game owning being a boss. Like he he just he paved the way for everything. Like your favorite rapper wanted to be Jay-Z at one point in time. He's these niggas' fathers. Like, that's it. It's no argument against that. He's Kanye's father. Anybody who wants to be Kanye, Jay-Z's your godfather. Like, Jay-Z's the father of these niggas. That's it. So if Jay-Z is not in your top two, like, what you doing, boy? Like, so let me, let me ask you this. Let me ask you this. Shit! Are you a Yankees fan or a Mets fan? I'm not really a sports fan, so I wear both hats. Oh, that's even more. How is that more Brooklyn than I thought it was going to be? How the fuck can you do that? How the fuck do you flip that and that question? I wear a Brooklyn Nets hat. The Brooklyn Nets hat that say Brooklyn, but I don't wear it for of the course. Nets. Jesus. <laughs> get this man a pair of Tims, bro. I got him a pair of Tims already. No, get him another one. Yo, let's go. It could be, that could be my park Tims. Winter's coming. I'll go to the park. <laughs> And my beats Tim's. You got gym Tim's? <laughs> you got gym Tim's? Tim's? That's the beef and broccoli ones. Oh my gosh. Go up. I'm going to do the leg press machine. I'm not going to crease my shit. Oh. <laughs> I do this thing where I always do push ups. And the way I put my foot. Naturally. As I put. <laughs> I do this thing with my body where I lift it from the ground and. It's I called push down. And I, put, I just lift myself. I know. lift my foot. To, I keep my foot to the side so I won't scuff my Tim's. I think I saw a video. You did a video yeah, on I, IG. I took, the, I took that video. That was me. He said, yo, why do you do push-ups like that? I don't want to crease my Tim's. <laughs> I won't scuff my and he Tim's. said it with the most serious face, <laughs> too. <laughs> he, said, he said it straight. Yo, why are you doing push-ups? I don't want to crease my Tim's. <laughs> Sponsored by Timberland. Facts. That's one of my dreams. I want how to be many, sponsored by Timberland. Matter of fact, how many hip hop artists have been sponsored by Timberland from New York? All of them. No, I don't think. No, not, not that many. Them, none of them. Not that many. If as if far anything. as like an actual sponsor, that's something we like should a, look up. Like an actual endorsement, I don't think anybody. Yeah, I don't think anybody ever has. I'm saying that. Well, didn't for, Timberland Timberland do the thing with Nas? The animated commercials on YouTube. They were yeah, asked for a while. Maybe that. That's yeah. close enough, but yeah, but I don't think like an actual like a like the what like, like what Kanye Tim's. does has for Adidas like or whatever. I don't think so. No, no, no. The last person I saw that did something was uh, Khaled. He did the green ones. Them shits was doodle trash, <laughs> nigga. <laughs> trash, Kaki. Why you trash? I thought it looked dope. I thought it looked dope. Why you say it was trash? Trash. No, Khaled's a culture vulture. He couldn't even name Jordans when he had a whole room full of them in his mansion in Miami. So he. No. That nigga, I, I, listen, <laughs> let me be careful what I say because DJ Khaled is a, is a, is a gatekeeper. He, uh, so 
I respect a lot about DJ Khaled. But the one thing I really don't like that he did was that he tried to sue Billboard when Tyler the Creator went number one and he went number two. That was some whack shit. Like, that ass no cap. Like, you have a nigga that says, you have a nigga that says, yo, they don't want you to win. They don't want you to be the best. But you the one being what you saying they doing. Let Tyler, let Tyler win. You don't want him to win. Nah, son. Mad Arabic. Nah, boy. Nah. Oh, but then if you think about it, though, because he comes from a culture. I don't know if he was raised out there from a culture where they demean the women to a point where they're bro subservient yeah, to them, right? He does. Yeah, he doesn't. He doesn't. He doesn't go down his wife. He doesn't. Right? Because he says he says he's the king. But I'm supposed no, to no go cow. down on him. Yeah, yeah. My, yo, shorty, show me that. I was that's like, crazy, bro. Um, like that's your wife, like. Uh, now that I yeah, and she's crazy. ride or die too. She was ride or die. She wife. is a ride or die for sure. She's ride or Shout die wife. Weight watchers, they lose no weight. Shout out to Mrs. That's Callie. ride or die. Yeah, bro. That she's ride or die. Mm-hmm. She's not the baddest chick. Damn son, you can a little lick lick. Damn son. I would think that would show more appreciation than anything, especially if he publicly says it. Yeah, bro. I mean, but That's we wild. don't. <laughs> we don't really know. You know what I mean? He might say that for clout. Which it got him some really negative clout, and then he yeah, might do it behind closed go doors. Down, bro. What what niggas gonna Who's risk? It's gonna do. It's gonna say that I'll for say, negative they do anything clout. for clout. Yeah, but like no niggas really yeah. gonna say something like that for clout. Like if anything, he would have got women's approval if he said exactly yeah, go down on. He would have got all this, all these women be like, oh my god, he goes down on girls. He would have got a, a statue in the shitty ass museum of sex. <laughs> <laughs> Which I didn't even go to. Everyone else yeah. telling me it's trash, bro. Museum of sex? I said he would have got he a statue oh. if he said that. Oh. That would have been In wild. the shitty ass museum. You of walk sex. into the museum of sex, sex symbol, DJ Khaled. Another one. Another I'm one. the best. I am the one. I'm so hood. That was one of the funniest songs. Hood. I put your girl up on my face. Khaled doesn't. Um, but I, I always heard this thing about girls like it more with guys with beards to eat them out because it tickles down there. They get the double effect of the tongue and the beard well, stubble. I've had a beard since. Uh, well, you're Dominican. You had a beard since when? For, for three years now. Damn, I, I don't got that problem. So since Cafe know. Bustelo, you, you already know number one. Ya tu sabes. <laughs> Yo, Frankie, eh, Cafe Bustelo or Pilon? Bustelo day, get the fuck yeah. out. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even think. remember, bro. I'm still trying to work on mine, so as you can tell. You gotta be. No, I got Asian in my genetics, I found funny. out, so. Oh, you for you legit. Yeah, legit. yeah. Oh, well, no, my fun. mom told me my great grandmother was Japanese and got together with a Brazilian. They met in Peru and then did their thing over there, so. Oh, nice. That's why I got the chinky eyes, as they so say. So far away. That's cool, yeah. though. Yeah, yeah. So far away. Well, not cool for my beard. Wait, have you done your one. DNA so, test? I was going to say. This is like two weeks in. I was going to say, did you do 23andMe <laughs> nice. or anything like that? Not yet. I'm, I'm looking to do Yo, it, but I'm scared of what I might find out. Please do. No, it's worth Yo, it. It's so worth it, bro. What did it tell you? I haven't got my results yet, but it does like a questionnaire, right? And oh God, he's gonna just to find about, out about how you know stuff about you. Yeah, the first question it asks me: Do you like watermelon? On God, it showed me a picture of a watermelon. On God, that has no cap. 
no cap. It said, "Do you like water? Yes or no?" There's got to be something wrong with that. And I was like, "I'm saying what? that was a." Glitch, and then I was like, "Of course bro. I like watermelon." And then they started showing me um, <laughs> different types of melons. It's like, "What do you think of this one and that one? Is nah, this one taste bro. bitter to you?" And I'm like, "I think you got scammed, bro." <laughs> on, yo, I wish I would have fucking they screeched. Asked they that? asked me that. Do you like? The first I never got question. that questionnaire. I want to know what mine's question. gonna say. I think there's something wrong bro, with that. Bro, it was the first, and it, I have to look it up because it might be something genetic-wise. Do you like wise, chinola? But why is watermelon, what? Nah, nigga. They On look, God, bro, that shit came up, oh and God, I, I, I started no laughing. I couldn't stop no laughing. Wildin'. And I no. just went with it. I'm like, let me start answering these questions. No cap. And then it's like, oh, what kind of music do you like and all this shit? And I was like, hip-hop, hip rock. Why was that the first I was like, question? Do you crease your Timbs? <laughs> <laughs> I stopped. I didn't get to that one. I just stopped. I said, Fuck this. Do you wear black Air Force Ones? <laughs> oh my God. If your white Air Forces are dirty, do you clean them or do you get new ones? That's Yo, we should movie. we should do like a parody of like the ancestry test with like questions like DK, that. DK, are you dead ass from we Brooklyn? We should do that video. Yo, are you dead ass from Brooklyn? That's what it's called. Are you dead do you ass? You say from dead ass? No, no, no. Up on a- for real or seriously? I was gonna say. I was gonna say Dead the ass. first question. Circle should all be, that apply. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> the first question should be: On a daily basis, how many times do you find yourself saying "dead ass"? <laughs> One to two times, three to four times, five to six times, or "dead ass" all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and then, and then they'll have like a um, they'll have like a newspaper article that said that reads one. Dead as car falls. Read this newspaper article. <laughs> One dead as dead as car falls. Yo, that has to do dead, bro. That's wild. That has though. That's crazy. I didn't want to go back. I forgot the question I was gonna ask. Dime. Do you think in the future that Afro could potentially be the start to a new culture or a new wave? Well. To be honest, what we're doing has been done before. If you really go back and look at uh, Luis El Terrol Diaz, he was a revolutionary in the 80s, 70s, doing all sorts of stuff to merengue, like putting rock, folk, adding the guitar you know, to merengue. He was one of those people that did that. We're coming from that lineage of you know, Luis Diaz. You know, Yacer is another guy that, you know, Yacer y Palo Tre. Um, uh, Rita Indiana, I don't know if you guys know her. She was like the first one to do merengue rock. People think we're like the first to do this, but we're not. We're just falling from all the stuff that at their time, they were too ahead. And I think now they're catching up and we're benefiting from that. You know, it kind of sucks, but we're not going to forget like who started this shit really. You know what I'm saying? Like mm. those people that came before, it's just, they're not at the forefront. We have social media today. It's crazy. Like. You know, somebody reposted us recently. Um, uh, yeah. and what's his name? Andrades, something Andrades. I forget his last name. The 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 TV show host. Yeah, yeah. From, from Primer Impacto, big... like he fucking yeah, reposted our shit. That's a big one. And that bro. shit got like thirty thousand views, forty thousand. It's probably gone higher by now. Oh, like, sure. Okay. Um, Who was the last? Th- was it Luis that did it too? Lu- Luis um, blue checked you guys, right? Who? Luis Vargas? Was it Luis Vargas? Oh yeah, Luis Vargas. I mean he I mean the that style was a big one too. Yeah, yeah. He he gave us some some you know they it's, know of us. All these guys know, like, because of social media, they know who the fuck we are, but we're not I'm just here to say like we're not the first ones to do this shit. We're getting popular for doing it because we're bringing it back and just being unapologetic about it, like, yo, this is what we're doing. Like, if you don't like it, fuck you. You know what I'm saying? But back then they just... had a, they, they would have, you know, 
they would get backlash. Like, what? Why are you changing traditions? Yeah. You know, and that's something that we're doing. People are just like, yo, it's crazy. And the kids want it. Like, when they see this, they go, bro, this is exactly like, oh, yeah, rock. Yeah. Oh, man, I love, oh, put it together. This is great. And they're, they're you know, they're absorbing and loving it because I did a gig where it was just old crowd. Mm-hmm. Bro, none of them were feeling it. Like, it was the weirdest gig I ever did. Packed house. You know how that feels? You have a packed house, people smoking hookah, being Dominican, and they're all just like <laughs> looking at you like, this ain't the shit I like. You know what I'm saying? With like, the confused dog face. Yeah. And then it's like a couple that just get converted on the spot. You see them go from, and yeah. then like, oh shit. And then they're out. into it. Like, mm-hmm. you see the whole process. I'm like, oh, I'm just, ah, we're just blowing your mind right now. We get it. You're going through a process. <laughs> um, Baptism. You're getting baptized right now. Um, but I've had a gig like that. And I was, you know. Those kind of gigs, I you know, you have to be self-aware and understand that, okay, it's a process. Like, when hip-hop first started, there had to be some people that were like, yo, no. <laughs> what are you doing? There Why are you taking my was. jazz tunes and fucking them up? No. I but think it's, that's the it's best a part of it, though. And I feel like we're just benefiting. We're coming at the end of this thing of people not accepting it, and now people are going, hey, we got something here. And you got all these bands that are doing it, you know. That's said, you got... San Simon, you got us, you got Richie Oriak, he's fucking amazing. Mafio, Mafio's Mafio hit us up recently. Mafio? Mafio hit he wants to do a song with us, bro. Out of nowhere. That is exclusive. He hit us up on the DM, was like, yo, I like what y'all doing. I fuck with this. So I'm like, all right, we're doing something. Who, right. For the people who don't know who Mafio is. Yeah, like me, please. So <laughs> Mafio's is amazing, like old school. Like even Cito knows him from back in the day. Amazing, like a uh, producer and um and artist. Like he makes, you know, he's a hip hop artist, and um he's worked with fucking Akon, Shakira. Like he was like that guy in the studio in the back, just like pulling all the strings production wise. He was one of those guys, production as, and then finally came out and became his own. It's not Mayno, own is artist. it? Huh? You're not confusing it with Mayno. <laughs> no, 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 Mafia, Mafia. Nah. Okay, I'm just making sure. May- Yo, if we did a song with Mayno. That's fuck. That's re- That's Brooklyn as fuck. We get Mayno on a fucking Brendan, Afro you song. You need to do a song with Mayno. Damn, you yeah, just gave me the sure. You yeah. <laughs> gave me the stinkest face. Yeah, you know sure. What's crazy? I was supposed sure. to. Do a, I was supposed to do a show for him. For Mayno? Yeah. You know I how much Ma- you know how much Mayno charges to perform? Like a hundred thousand. No. Ask me. Yo, how much does Mayno charge for a show? Yo, how much does Mayno charge for a show? Five thousand. Wow. Yeah, let's let's have a moment of silence for that low amount of money. <laughs> I mean, fuck that. I'll take yo. Let me play five thousand. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, for us, yeah. Yo. But five thousand is a lot of Boy, money for yeah. a band. That's a lot of that's fucking. That's a lot of money. That's I mean, that's a lot right for a band that's getting node. For still. us, yeah. yes. You feel me? <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's a lot of money. Five thousand for seven people, eight people. That's that's. You want if you want to include me? If you want you want to cut. We could pay taxes chain? finally. <laughs> oh God! Oh my God! Jorge, how are you? I was just thinking, Frankie, though, how would that work with Mano hitting you up? How did he fit you into the equation of what he wanted from you? I, oh, bro, I did, bro, it was for this, it was her, it was it was him and his other artist, Daniel Janang, and they were trying to do something on stage, some like R&B, hip-hop thing. It didn't end up happening, thank God, because I was like, I didn't know what the fuck. I would have been like, what the fuck, why am I here, type shit. I don't know, for that, I mean, it's just all DMs, bro. People just hit you on the DMs, like... <laughs> Yo, what you doing? August 29th, 7 p.m. <laughs> Nothing. Okay. 
I'm Weren't you saying that. that's similar enough to how Brendan hit you up with stuff? Or yeah, I mean, with Brendan was like he came into a studio. I didn't like you at first, bro. I'm gonna be real with you. <laughs> he did uh, say this earlier, by the way. I yeah, was like, yo, this nigga, man, annoying. But then, like, he shared the same humor I had, and like, he, you know, he really fucked with what I was doing with the guitar, and that he kind of won me over. But like, the first initial ten minutes, I was like, <laughs> he had me. <laughs> yo, who this nigga? Why is he doing all these things he had me and being ass. loud? And then he did this one thing. He went, had, he went. Yeah. <laughs> and after that, I was like, Nah, this nigga's me. Why do I hate myself? I can't hate myself. He had we the me. same nigga. We the really same are. person. How we go? How can I hate myself? So then, yeah, we just started doing music. He had shit. you at no cap. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's funny because I didn't know he was coming too. But you know what's the funniest part? Mm. The nigga that brought me to the studio with him. Yeah. <sighs> You guys both don't fuck we, with him. Yeah. Now, but he's the one that linked you guys? Yes. That's but, hilarious. Well, if I, if I want to be correct, correct, it was my boy Jay Minor. He's an amazing musician. He was the he's one dope. that connected me to that person, and then that person happened to bring him, and then that that session went like this. Like, yeah, I'm not fucking with this nigga. This yo, nigga you got no beats? More, this oh, nigga. shit. Yeah, yeah. Yo, I remember, like, yo, he sent me the tracks, and I was in an Uber, like, and I'm listening to this shit, and I'm like, oh, shit, this is, Damn. This is pretty good. And then he told me about a gig that was coming up. And I was like, yeah, I'm down. Let's let's do something. I never did anything like that. So I never played for hip hop. Like that's when I branched out and like so if it wasn't for him, I wouldn't have met like bro, it's a long chain of shit that if I'd like sit down and break down, it all started with that one show we I did with him. Like <laughs> it's crazy. How how did you and I meet, Brendan? I don't remember. I know through yeah, Frankie. Through, through me, oh. yeah. Frankie. It was at Harlem Nights, I think, that, that he came Was to. that the first time? Yeah, and then yeah, I said, yo, you got to fuck with him. You got, he got yeah. some beats. And y'all went to the car or something. Like, Yeah, no, yeah. we definitely vibed at Harlem yeah. Nights. I remember that now. Yeah, because that was the, I was also the shout out to Zeta Eve. She was also now, playing that Yes, night. now, yeah. Now and, oh, yeah, Zeta, yeah. Yeah, Zeta? I played with her last night, bro. It was crazy. Yeah. Yo, crazy. Nice. that was a nice ass collab for the, like, there she was a show yesterday at the Delancey. It wasn't on the rooftop because there was a severe fucking thunderstorm. It was, yeah, yeah. It was atrocious. Outside. How would that even work at the rooftop? You How know what, bro? Up there? They need to work it out because it is a really nice scene for the yeah, summer. Right. If they could just move some benches or some bushes or whatever yeah. the fuck is up there and like make space. Matter of fact, if they put you dead center and then have open space around, that, that would be so yeah, lit. that would be dope. Because they already have a bar upstairs and yeah. they got the nice view over the bridge. So if you do that shit on like a nice summer day, Oh my god, the photos Ridiculous. for those, the videos for those. Ridiculous. <sighs> Lady. Good times. Zieta. That's how I'm gonna say it now since that's how you said it. Um, she did a collab with Afro Dominicano on a few of her tracks on her single. They're gonna be hopefully working um together some more soon. Yeah, I'd definitely um, love to make a write a song with her or something. She has a really nice voice. I, you definitely need to have her up here because I want to. Yeah. I, I would love to know more about the story in terms of like her getting into singing and everything. And it's so crazy, such a small world. She, uh, Frankie, you were telling me earlier that she used to go to school with Cito too. No, um, they went to the same church together. So he saw her grow up from like a kid going That's to church. So nuts. And um, it's crazy. They like, just came full back, full circle, like on stage. She's performing with them and like. I think that's what it got. She had a moment on stage where she like froze up, kind of forgot her lyrics type of shit. But it you know, happens, I saved bro. it. I came out, you know, with a solo right after. I was like, "Oh shit, nothing's happening." Guitar solo, <laughs> and then it was like, "Oh my god!" But um, whatever. Face like, melt. she. I think she had a moment where she like 
it kind of hit her on stage like what's going on like how everything like came back around and she's just like oh and you know she might say yeah i forgot my lyrics but she got she got emotional i could tell i mean you know what bro i think it's also like i mean i don't know it, it sounded like the window too probably wasn't the best in terms of trying to get the band to yeah. work well with her sound and yeah, also yeah. get like rhythm and everything down yeah, yeah, it sounded good to me. Yeah, I mean, I'm not just saying. I mean, that. we went, we had some rehearsals. The rehearsals were amazing. You know, like it was great. And then at last minute, she added songs. Like the day before, she was like, "Yo, can we do these two other songs?" And I had to learn them. Like on this, literally, I learned her songs. She played them for me on her phone, and I just learned them right there. And we went from there. She's like, "Okay, we're doing that too." I'm like, "Okay, cool." <laughs> <laughs> so I had her whole set in the back of my head, and I um the band didn't really know the other two songs, so I had to like just communicate on stage and just. Talk to the instrument. Let them know what's going on. That's what real artists do. <laughs> exactly. We communicate. It's, we're talking up there. We have It's a language. So you end up being kind of like the Pied Piper. So yeah, I was leading. I was down leading. The trail. Yeah, I was leading. For those two songs, I was leading. Mostly the whole thing, because they didn't remember anything. So I had to be like, <laughs> I'm the one that remembers everything. I'm like, yo, 6-1 and F minor. And like, oh, okay, cool. You guys also just just came from playing another show too. Yeah, yeah, we came from Salud. It was like a private event for um, the owner's brother. The shout out to Salud. Yeah, shout out to June. He's amazing. I need another mango coach. Oh my god, he gave me like three of those, bro. Yo, I got so lit. Who this? Yeah. What was your favorite beer from Salud? Did you get anything when you went? No, no. I was trying to, you know, cut down the carbs. Ah. So I got a seltzer. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> Fancy. <laughs> Fancy. Salsa. Fancy pants. The water's Salsa. dull. It's hot. It gets, you know, hot outside. So I, I, I got the seltzer for the bubbly. For You know what? When I play there again, September 1st, shout out. Come come through. Please. Promo. Um, promo. <laughs> um, I'm going to do that. Because every time I play there, I get stupid drunk. Because they just like giving us <laughs> beers. It makes me play better. I'm not going to even lie to you. But... It's not. It's not good. Do you improvise more or less on the guitar sober? The thing is, I don't need it. Like, I don't need to be like to be able to do what I. I don't need it. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it does get to my head sometimes if there's something going wrong, and you'll notice. Like, if you look at me while I'm playing, you're like, "Oh, something's wrong." He's not. I don't show it too. I show it in my face, not in my playing, basically. But you got a stank face on. I just be like, I just be me mugging, but. <laughs> I, it doesn't affect how I play, but like I can go there. Like I don't need, you know, to be higher. It's just when I am, it's easier to get there. <laughs> it's way easier to go into that zone and just like go crazy and do a crazy guitar solo. Like Brendan, me, do you I ever have to it. do anything like that, or feel like you might have to maybe get a drink or liquid courage at all for your shows? Or are you just naturally <laughs> just ready to go? Asking Brooklyn, I, I'm, I'm the opposite. <laughs> uh, I do not drink or do anything before my performance. How do you prep as an MC for your performance? Any rituals, any like uh, things well, you have to do before? Well, I'm always in preparation mode every day. So if you tell me ready to perform, I'm most of the time just ready. I always try to like be ready at any time. Uh, any rituals? Pray I pray. To your Tims. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Lord Tim. I pray and. Um, Standing up or on your knees? Because we got to protect the Tims. Nah, I was standing up like, okay. you, in my you? mind, in my mind, and then Yo, oh, God, dead ass. Oh, and then one really ritual that I do is uh, right before my performance, I uh, in my in my brain I analyze what song may or may have a little bit of hiccup issues, 
and I'll listen to that song right after. So I'll go outside and I'll listen, or I'll mm -hmm. go to a private place and I'll listen to the songs again and try to rehearse it. And then I'll even spit the lyrics to the beat that's playing in the club. So like, if a DJ's playing a song, mm -hmm. I'll those lyrics that I have to remember or like you know for a oh, song. Oh, like adapt the flow to that. I will adapt the flow to that okay, so that okay. I could rem memorize it much better. Mm. And if I forget it, I freestyle on stage. Nice. <laughs> yes. We we've been a part of that. Nobody on nobody you know nobody the crowd really doesn't know, yeah. but we we be on stage like, <laughs> yep, it's happening. <laughs> it's awesome. I don't know if you remember the second time we went to Harlem Nights, you guys actually you Brendan, you freestyled on one of my beats. And Frankie, you fucking guitars. You played the guitar yeah. over. Oh, yeah, I remember the beat. that. Yeah. You remember that? Yeah. That was insane. Uh, we got to do something like that more. Well, well yeah, for the people, not just for us, but like, yeah, people, that'd be cool. it's it's long overdue that we work together, especially considering that we all have this tie through through the music in general. Uh, from day one, I think since I met Brendan, I was like, okay, we're gonna do this because like I I let you I like gave you my phone and like ten minutes later you came back and you were like rapping to one of the beats already. And I'm just like, okay, this dude's legit, <laughs> and fucking Frankie. <laughs> The story is even funnier because of the idea of, you know, my cousin Nana, who's a lead singer um, in Afro, he just like very nonchalantly invited me over to like uh, like a rehearsal in Brooklyn. And um, of course, Frankie was there. They have like a little stew set up in the back of their place. And I started <clears throat> working on some beats in there while they were rehearsed, like a part of the rehearsal. I was still listening to them. But I wanted to see what type of like applications and stuff they had. And um, Frankie like overhears some of it playing. He's like, yo, you make beats, bro? I was like, yeah. He's like, oh, man, I make beats too. Like, he was just, he was just like trying to chop it up. And it felt, it felt awkward to me. But it was so like, he was so humble in, the, in, in just like his presence. He was just trying to be like straight up like, yo, if you need any help, I got you. Or you want me to like put it out or like. Or help you out, whatever. And and I, to me, it felt like I couldn't believe it because it was on the first impression. Fast forward two years later, and, and like here we are. It's so crazy. It's so crazy. I'm forever grateful that you know I even just got the invitation. I I would have never expected to be so heavy duty into the into the band, like doing photography and doing social media and doing all this stuff now. Like just straight out of the love. It's not even for like money. It's not for a check. It's not for clout. Like I actually enjoy to do this shit and. Same, yeah, man. bro. I can't see myself doing anything else. Facts. Um, I, well, mm. <laughs> yo, we could do a whole podcast on shit stories. Nah, let's not. Let's, uh, you nah, know I, why? I, why, I, why don't I, we I, delve into that? Because I remember. <laughs> back when, yes. Yes. <laughs> let's dive no, deep listen, into the I, shit. I, I work like I was telling Angel and Frankie earlier, nine to nine practically, because you know my manager's a female. But then I'll, I'll give her credit because she came into our department not knowing anything, and in three years' time since, she's had to learn, like, from us directly. But it's whatever. Okay. But getting back to the shits, though. Um, I've had to end up taking shits, like, middays before lunch. Every day, like, like on the clock now. <laughs> and I get a 20-minute break afforded to me throughout the day, so those 20 minutes go directly to that. I got my stall. I got my routine. You know, I get my wet up. Mounds of paper towels, you know, <laughs> wipe down the seats. Spot. Nice. The procedure. Yo, in college, I had a, I had a, yeah. a, a secret bathroom I would go to. I, I did was too. On a different building. It was like a little like shack, 
but no one would use this bathroom. And it was always clean. It that's the best thing about it. That's the one and actual it was like a thing home, about CUNY. home toilet. Like, it had a, a yeah. tank in the back and everything. So, like, that's wild. it felt like home every time. And that's I was just, wild. blow that shit up. <laughs> every time I had it. Every day on clock. Like, yeah, clockwork. I would yeah. go 12 at noon. <laughs> like, I'm ready. Let's In the middle go. of the class. <laughs> Boom. <laughs> Chat. <laughs> I should. Oh, I took. I took a picture of it before I graduated. Like oh, to school. God. I took a picture of the the toilet. I got. I got. Oh, that. of the toilet. I thought oh. it was of the shit. I'm like oh, the no, last no, shit in school. Or... No, damn. I. Sh- damn. Now I gotta go back, take a shit, and be like, "Yo, this is my last shit." I gotta go read it. Like reunion. Class of, class you did come back this damn, year. Remember, I remember you. Damn. <laughs> you gonna just put we, the picture? Up, the picture up of the toilet and the captions and say, "Hello, beautiful." Yo, I'm dead gonna post this. You know, I'm gonna do it on my Instagram. I'm gonna find the picture. I'm gonna post it on my Instagram. So people, there's some continuity. <laughs> Yo, Brandon, <laughs> fuck them. What got you into hip hop? I don't wanna talk about shit. I wanna dive deep in the shit in terms of like oh, us. Yeah, the music, the music. The, the music, music, brother. The music. Brother, man. Right. We can come back to the shits if you want to. Right. I just wanna know. What you, all right. So, what you wanna know? <laughs> don't say Jay Z. Who was your biggest influence <laughs> of? Who was, what was the big? Don't say Jay Z. So, uh, no, no. What was the, like, what was, I guess, the event that, that, like, it hit the switch for you to go, okay, I want to do this? So, just like you guys, um, I was raised with only two genres of music any, anything from the decade of the 70s mm-hmm. and gospel music. My mom would always play that stuff. And also salsa, but she, it was more like, gospel and 70s music so to me that was music that's that's all i ever knew there was i was introduced to hip-hop from my mom's brother and uh my dad uh but you know my dad wasn't really around he was always locked up or whatever so it was really my mom's brother and his favorite rappers were like eminem dmx jay-z biggie tupac nas like that was that was it for him so um, I remember the first the first music video I ever seen was actually the first video that I ever, that ever caught my attention. I would say, because my aunt, which is my mom's sister, used to watch NSYNC videos and Usher videos. You got it, you got it, man! Like all the time when she was babysitting me. But the first video that caught my attention and like really had my eyes and my ears um, was "Big Pimpin" by Jay Z. No, uh, that was a classic. And it wasn't yeah. just because of the chicks in the boat. It was his demeanor, his swag, like the words, like the catchiness, the beat, the the vibes. Like I was like, yo, that's another world. Yeah. Like I've never seen that before. This nigga's living a, a, another, just his own reality. Like, and I was, still wasn't into hip hop, but that that video always made an impact in my brain. So. I got into hip hop uh, late, so after seventies and gospel music, I was into uh, rock music. So I was listening to like Linkin Park and like Evanescence and stuff like that. Then I got into classic rock, Led Zeppelin, things like that. I never got into metal as much until meeting Frankie and them. Mm. So I was just like just rock and classic rock. So at fourteen, I started doing poetry. Um, Fifteen, I started writing hip hop. No, 15, I was still doing poetry, making the po- the poetry rhyme. Mm. 16 was when I wrote my first actual rap. Um, and it was probably one of the worst things I've ever, ever wrote. Um, yeah, but 
as soon as I put my pen on that paper and I wrote that whole song, I wrote a chorus, I wrote, I wrote everything. I don't even remember it to this day. But it was at that point where it was like, I know what I want to do with my life. Fuck being a cartoonist, which I wanted to. I used to draw, actually, mm. pr- pretty well. I wanted to be like the next Stan Lee, rest in peace. Mm. Um, also, kind of my backup plan was uh, the CIA or whatever. So I had my life kind of planned out. Mm. I actually had per- pretty good aspirations. Um, being raised in church, I also wanted to like preach and like be this big motivational speaker. Mm. And I was preaching in church at like 10 years old. So I've already been in spotlight in front of people. So I've never been a nervous person since 10 years old. That's crazy. So five years, six years after, I've already had uh, experience with preaching full sermons and traveling to the Poconos to preach to another set of people. Like, hmm. I did that already. As far as public speaking, that was my thing. When I first my, wrote my first song, which I don't remember, and it was probably the shittiest thing I ever wrote. It was the shittiest thing I ever wrote. Um, I fell in love. I was like, yo, listen, this right here is where I can be real, vulnerable. I could talk about things that I won't talk about with another person. I can talk about my feelings because uh, I'm not an emotional person. I don't talk about my feelings. That's mm-hmm. not who I am. And I don't tell nobody my business. But with that music thing, it was just totally there. It was like, yo, like, I want to dedicate my life to this, like. And this was before I even noticed the big chains and mm-hmm. the and the big asses and the and the fast cars and the houses. This was before that shit. Mm-hmm. That shit never even meant nothing to me. I come from gospel and seventies music. Like it was to me, it was all about music and talent. Yeah. It was all about what you got to offer to the to the music. That was a paradise for talent. Yeah. So I knew that this was for real because I wasn't enticed by things that other people were enticed about. Mm. And I was like, yo, this is what I want to do with my life. I want to tell my story. I want to talk about what matters to me in this music. I had a best friend for many years, um, which was how I met Frankie, um, for a couple of years, maybe like four, three, four years. And it was 16 that time. I remember just clearly I was interning at my church at mm. that time. I think it was 16, 17. No, it was 17. It was 17 because I graduated high school at 11th grade. I graduated a year early, and that that year that I would have went to 12th grade, I was doing an internship at, at a church. And I remember I was in the I was in the right in the back of the main sanctuary. I was sitting behind the desk of the secret of like um, what was it? Resources desk. It was like a resources desk for mm-hmm. information and brochures and things like that. I sat behind that desk. My task was to burn CDs. It was a preaching that was that was the week before, and my task as an intern that that like hour or two hours was to take a bunch of CDs and burn it because they had like a burning a burning uh station and just put them in cases. So I finished really quick. I was there for like maybe two or three hours, but I finished in like forty five minutes. So I was like, hey, why don't I t- take this poetry that I'm always writing and put it into music? And that that video with Jay Z popped up and Biggie popped up. And all these other people just popped up and I just immersed myself in the paper. And it was shitty, like I said, but it was at that point that I fell in love. It was that was my first love. I fell in love for the first time. That's dope. That day. Mm-hmm. That day was a summertime. It was a summertime. I was I was wearing a gray, a gray Yankee fitted. Like I remember that day. Like it was yesterday. That's like, fine. And I fell in love. And I'm like, listen. I'm I'm bad at this now, but watch me. 
watch how good I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm even more of a fan knowing this history. Now. Like, I didn't I'm know gonna, anything. Of, I didn't know yeah. any of that, bro. Yeah. That's the Not first really time. Not anybody really knows, but like it was at that time where was I? Listen, I'm shitty now, but watch, watch two years from now, I'm gonna be a beast. I said that to myself. I'm gonna be a beast. I will. And I showed it to a friend of mine, and he was like, "Yo, this shit is trash, but." <laughs> Here's what you can make it better. That's what I respected about him. Yeah. He was my longtime friend for a long time. His name is Brandon. Shout out to him. Um, Brandon and Brandon. Yeah. We made music together, actually, like one song or whatever. And he was like, yo, this is trash. Like, But this is how you can make it better. And he kind of coached me for like a couple of days. He was coaching me for a couple of months. And I developed my craft. And at 17 years old, I wrote every single day for one year. I said, I'm going to write every single day for one year. That's Not crazy. only am I going to write every single day for one year, but I'm going to try to memorize flows of my favorite of hip-hop artists that I like, and I'm going to try to emulate that and really like get better. So that's when I got into hip-hop. Biggie Smalls and Jay-Z, the GOATs, the greatest of all time. That was my, those were my rap teachers. Biggie, Jay-Z, that was my rap. Those were my rap teachers. Nas, Wu-Tang. I love Wu Tang. Like the greats was always what I what I came to for inspiration. I want to learn how to rap. I want to know how to say this without saying it. What would Jay say? Mm. What would Biggie say? What would Nas say? What would Pac say? How would they say it? What would they say? And I had some inspiration with like other rappers and stuff like that, but it was just really that. Like, so I took that year to write every single day. Copy flows, but not for the sake of copying it, but for the sake of getting my words and being able to deliver. Because a lot of people do not know, a lot of people want to rap, but rap is not for everybody. Mm-hmm. That flow shit, that delivery, that cadence, that's not just something that like, yo, anybody can do. No, that's dedication. Like, rap, don't get it twisted. Rap is not just putting words together and rhyming. It is an art form. It is a talent. It is a skill. Something that you can develop, but it takes dedication. And if you don't really want it, you're not going to be great. So I took that year and I I studied flows. I studied music. I studied hip-hop music. I stopped listening to all of my other favorite artists. Stopped listening to gospel. Stopped listening to 70s music. I stopped listening to everything. Mm -hmm. And I was like, listen, I took that whole year. I was 17 years old and I took the year and I wrote every single day. I listened to everything that I could have listened to, the greatest, the people that inspired, that started to inspire me. I listened to albums front and back. I was not listening to singles anymore. I was listening to albums. Ready to Die was the first album that I picked up and really listened to, like dived in. I've Mm. never listened to an album before front to back until Ready to Die. I was like, listen, let me take Ready to Die. Let me listen to this. It was a year. I was dissecting it. I listened to Illmatic. I listened to the Blueprint. I listened to the Black Album. Like, this was my life. Like, this was real to me. So when anybody comes at me and tries to 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 try to come at my my intelligence or my skill or my dedication, like, nah, you're not stepping in here. Like, this is why I'm so loyal with my circle of friends and with my people that I really bangs with because this is everything to me. Like, this is my life. Like, don't come over here in this circle acting like like. Oh, anybody can do... No, no, my man's pipe down. Like, no. I did this for a year. I wrote every single day. Like, this was this was my dedication. It was At that point, I wanted to do that with my life. And I'm the type of person is that when I, when I make up my mind, you can't change it. Can't change it. Call it the Taurus in me or whatever. I don't know about Zodiac signs, but me as a person, 
you cannot change my mind. Nobody can change my mind, especially if I say I'm going to do this. Hmm. Don't bother changing my mind because you will never change my mind. I'm sorry. Only I can change my mind. And that's something that my mother always um, instilled in me, like be true to your decisions and stick by it. If you made a decision, stick by it. If it's bad, if it wasn't good for you, then you will learn. But you will never know until you, like, you can't just, you can't be double-minded. You can't be indecisive. Like, sure, I can't decide what I can't eat today. But your life, like decisions, like, stand by what you believe in. Stand by your decisions. Don't get swayed left to right because someone says this and someone says that. You know how many people said, yo, you're not really a good rapper, like, at 17 years old, like, why are you writing every day? Like, if you were good, you would have been good from the beginning. Like, these are real That's statements wild. that I will always get. Like, yo, you know, if you were really good, you will be good from the beginning. If you were really this... Everybody started as an Everybody amateur. got something everybody. to say yeah. all the time. I can show you something. I made yeah. trash beats. Everybody. But I don't make trash no more. Everybody. <laughs> everybody has something to say. Oh, now you want to rap? Like... Is it just a phase? Like, oh, a lot of people rap. You sure you really want to rap because, you know, you like music or you was like, nah, this is my life. This is what I want to talk about. This is what I want to do. And I'm going to do everything in my power to get where I want to be. So I started producing. I was really shitty. So I stopped (laughs) producing. And then after that, I started like going to showcases. My mans. Let me tell you something about showcases, right? <laughs> Y'all really want to get to the meat, he's, right? He's, he's, so he's going. Yeah, well once done. you get me started, like he's listen, you want this I'll, steak? I was gonna say, listen. I was gonna say Frankie, same question, but so let me tell you something about, about showcases, right? Showcases, I have spent more than a thousand dollars to perform for said five minutes, eight minutes, six minutes. 10 minutes. Old DJ Envy going to be in the building. A&R executives from Def Jam going to be in the building. They're going to judge you. And and we're going to see whoever has the best the best uh, uh, performance gets free studio time and a meeting with an A&R type shit, right? Mm-hmm. I always so, heard that was a rumor, though. That's actually real? So so no, this is what that. they do. Oh, no, no, wow. no. This is what they do, right? A lot, of, a lot of people just use that for the clout to get people to pay. But a lot of these showcases, right? You got to, first of all... You got to pay about $300, right, for a 10-minute set, some promo video, right, (laughs) promo video, and promo pics, right? And you're also paying to be judged by A&Rs in a a record label, right? First of all, my mans, these A&Rs in the record label, right, they just retired. They don't work there anymore. There are former A&Rs of a record label, right? Mm. Now, and no disrespect to anybody that does these showcases. Shout out to Scott Morris. That with Scott more bookings Morris. and more more bookings agency, he really cares about artists. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about there's was there were showcases that I used to that I used to go to where people would have these these set prizes or these set requirements or these set things in their shows and they would rig the whole joint. I remember I paid what was it? I think I paid like 250 for a performance, right? And it was 250 and if you win, you get $5,000. So I was like, "All right, cool. Let me do this," right? So my friend at the time came with me to support. I was what, 18? I performed. I gave it my all. I gave my best music. I gave him my all. The best music at that time or whatever. It wasn't the best. However, 
You know who I was going up against? I was going up against people who were 35, right? 40 years old. Fake ass chains, right? <laughs> Peli Peli uh, uh, polo shirts. Jesus. Fubu shorts. And dirty black Air Force Ones. By the way, if you if you wear black Air Force Ones, you don't care about your life. So these niggas will wear these <laughs> shits and fitted with studs on them that say New York that you could tell you got it from the Fulton with the Africans, right? And these niggas was performing doodle ass music. <laughs> like my music wasn't the best at that time. I was 18 years old. I was just writing for two for two years straight. I wasn't bad. I was definitely better than 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 my peers at this point. From 17, from the beginning of 16, 16 and a half, 17 to 18, that one year boosted me already. I was already better than my peers, point blank. I was already better from people in church that would rap and other formula associates or whatever. I was better than my peers at that time, right? And I wasn't even that good. So mind you, I rap, I'm giving my all. Some nigga... <laughs> Some nigga with some fitted on, some, some, he has some Peli Peli polo shirt. This nigga was like 38. He shouted out his teenage daughter in his, uh, on his performance, bro. Her name was, I don't know, Destiny or some shit, right? And this nigga did some doodle ass performance and this nigga won the 5,000. I wasn't even top three. Now check it, right? So, I'm tight. I'm livid. I'm livid. <laughs> I'm livid at this point. And I'm like, yo, you you really serious, my nigga? I'm not even top five, top three. Like, this was ridiculous. So I go and I start talking to the judges, right? And I'm like, hey, it's nice to meet you. Uh, my name was Rev at that time. Uh, people that know me, they you laugh. You did mention Rev, that. Right? And, uh, what's the track you... Uh... The newest track. The Some of the... Uh, uh, I need better. No, no, no. Uh, 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 one take. One take. Yeah. One take. One so, take. One take. So wait, was it Rev with two V's or one? Uh, one V. Okay. Yeah. So I I spoke to the judges. I introduced myself to them. Right, and they were they were really happy to meet me. And it was it was all fun and games. It was cool. And I'm like, hey, you know, I'm a, I'm a rapper. I'm, I'm really trying to get out there. I'm, I know you saw me perform. What do you think? I get. I like. I asked for advice. Not one of those judges said something bad bad to me. Um, they gave me constructive um, criticism, talked about some flow and some delivery and maybe some concepts. And most of all, they talked about my performance. Uh, this was like one of my, I've only performed like maybe four times at that point. So I was not a good performer at all. Closing my eyes, looking at the sky, like I, I, was, I was not performing at all. But so I took it and I took it with a grain of salt and I'm like, listen, I'm going to come back and I'm going to get better. I'm going to improve. So I was really happy and I, I wasn't happy, but I was encouraged, right? That all changed five minutes later. I hear, right? So first of all, the nigga that won goes and daps up two of the judges, right? And they get a drink and they talking. So like that was real suspicious to me at that point because I was like, what what this nigga got something to do talking to these niggas for like a half an hour now? Like, nah, bro. So I go and I walk past them to having a conversation. And and the niggas and one of the judges is like, yo, how's your daughter? How's your daughter been? It's been so long since I seen her. Like, yo, like, how's your daughter? And they talking about their families and and basketball games and shit. And I'm like, 
Nah, these niggas mm. didn't just meet today, right? So I go and I I go to the person at the door doing the tickets, and I'm like, hey, um, the person that won, um, do they know like the creator of the show? And the person doing the door was like, nah, like why would you think that? And, and like it was real suspicious to me. So I went up to the dude that won, and I'm like, oh, congratulations! I followed him on Twitter, and I. I think I got his number, right? And I was like, yo, I would like to collab. I was lying. That nigga was trash. <laughs> I just wanted to know if he really knew the the person that made the show. I went to the person the, to the guy, the name of the show, the person that created the show, whatever, one of like the main people. I got his Twitter, right? And his email. So I start talking to them, right? And now I got them both on Twitter. So that same night. They're friends on Twitter. They follow each other, right? Mm-hmm. They's, they've been tweeting about the show for two months now. Jesus Christ. Right? Talking about, oh, the show was going to be lit. Like, uh, uh, I appreciate you for, for, for throwing up some money for the show. The nigga tells the nigga that won. Two like a month a a a a month later. So they were talking two months before the show. Yo, I stalked these niggas on Twitter. I was like, nah, this nigga Sneaky. did not really win. I'ma see what happened. Just building the case. So a month after the show, the nigga from the Twitter that created the show, whatever, like one of the, the big guys, tweeted the nigga like, yo, I appreciate you for everything you do for these for these money showcases and the money that you put out and the people that you bring. It's much appreciated. I got your back. Some shit like that. I'm like, yo, these niggas. That shit was rigged. That shit was rigged, bro. So, bro, so now I'm going to get serious. That, that same night, that night, like I said, I'm not an emotional person. People Tell do not see my emotions. Talk to them. Only myself, God, and my pillow. Oof. I cried that. I cried that same night. That that whole that had Twitter shit. Because you cannot understand the passion and the ambition and the dedication that I've had since 16, 17 years old mm. for this music shit. And then come to find out that I paid my money to go on a show and that whole shit was just rigged. It was not just the point that it was rigged. It's the point that people give clout and give attitude, recognition, and 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 attention to people that don't deserve it. Oof. Like, like, and, and that was my wake up call of how slimy the industry is. Mm. And at that point, I wasn't even like, I'm still, I'm still a nobody. Like, you're, you're growing. I'm not, yeah, like, I'm not in the industry. Industry. I'm still nobody. I'm still trying to come up. But at that point, I'm like, yo, I'm in a showcase and the industry is already grimy yeah. like that, It's already bro. against you. It was already against mm-hmm. me from the beginning, my You're dude. not even starting at zero. You're starting at negative. That's it. Mm-hmm. That's it, bro. And I cried that night in the pillow. And I was like, yo, like, like yo, I cried, bro. Because it was just all these emotions that I, that I hold in and just all this, everything. It was everything just hit me at once. And I'm like, yo, like... That just made me feel like destined to fail at that night. I feel you. And at that point, at, at that night, I asked myself, I said, so after all of this, would you do it again? Like, yeah. knowing all of this. Would you still do it? Would you still pursue this? And what was your answer? And my answer was, without hesitation, I wiped my tears to myself, and I, and I, 
I asked this myself in my mind. I believe it was God. I was really having a conversation with God. But when we have conversations with God, it usually sounds like ourselves or whatever. But that's another conversation. So it was a voice inside that asked me. And out loud, I answered without hesitation. I wiped my tears and I said, yes. Like, I got to. I've already started. I've already made the dedication to write every single day for two, for two years. years yeah. At that point, I already made the dedication. Like, that's what I wanted to be. I was telling niggas already, I do music. I want to do music. No, I don't want to be a cartoonist anymore. I stopped drawing. It was cold turkey. I love to draw. I was drawing every single day. I would wake up at 3 a.m. and just draw. I wanted to create my own cartoons. I applied to John Jay. I, I went cold turkey. John Jay accepted me for the college. I graduated a year early. I was smart. Never had it to never, never had to study. Like when it's school, like I does this. Like mm. a lot of people don't know that, but I'm a very good student in school. I'm just a, I'm just a freaking clown. But <laughs> I never had to study for anything. John Jay accepted me. I turned it down. I stopped drawing. Cold turkey. At 3 a.m., at 3 a.m., you know what I woke up to do? I used to wake up to write. I was painting pictures with words. And I was like, I can't stop now. I can't stop now. I got with some people. I I, I did some more showcases, uh, some more bad experiences, uh, then some good experiences. Shout out to Scott Morris and more bookings. They do a lot uh, for for the for artists and, and things like that. And then fast forward, uh, uh, I stopped being friends with someone that I was friends with for many years, and we kind of fell off. I did an own showcase. I, I I used to do my I did my own concerts. A couple of them I wasn't consistent with them, but I did a couple of them. I did an EP release party, not an EP, a single release party. I had my friend, my good friend, uh, DJ Loud One. Shout out DJ Loud One uh, from Queens. Dope oh, you DJ. know Loud One? Yeah, that's Michael. My, yep, that's my boy too. That's, college. That's my boy. Yeah, right? that's the that's homie. the guy. He love that guy. That's he's one of the most people. humble. Humble humans I've ever met. He's humble. He's assertive. He's business minded, and he's honest. You can learn from him. He That's is. my dude. Yeah. Like me and him are very close. I used to promote for him for one of like for a lot of the, sh- the parties that we used to do. He's amazing. He was my DJ for 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 a little while. He would come to my showcases mm-hmm. that I would make up and perform with me for free. Like I will always got love for him. We him me and him still talk. Like he's the man. Like so. I did a show with that. Um, another thing, right? So I'm sorry, this is a lot because this is this is just this is me. Like th- this is this is life it's pouring like, out of you, brother. So I made this I made the single release party, right? Because I don't really get to talk about it much, you know. So I made the single release party, and uh, Yip was was my DJ. Yeah. So I paid about. So I got a booking agent. Said they get booking agents. You don't. You don't need booking <laughs> quote, agents. Quote, Book yourself. Quote unquote. So I got this booking agent. Right. She charged me two seventy five. Right. In order to get to to get a venue. Mm-hmm. Little did I know you don't need to pay somebody to get a venue. You just contact a venue. Your damn self. But anyway, she she contacted a venue. It was a left field bar, I think, and 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 the LES. It's the upside and the upstairs and the downstairs. So they gave me a deal. The deal was she first of all she missed she didn't even give me the right information. She told me that the deal gave me that I could do a show for as long as I can, for as long as I, I want. They're just gonna take the first the first um the first twelve tickets of my show. And I'm like, all right, that's fine. I booked my friend Brandon. He brought like maybe five, six people. He brought the most. I booked some other dude. Yeah. I brought some other dude that brought his manager and his girlfriend. You always get that. 
and I booked some other guy that brought another person and that person was on his song. So, <laughs> and I brought like maybe, so Brandon brought six people. I brought 24 people, right? And then I made merch. The merch was, eh, it, it was, it, at that time I did everything had, that I could. That was Rev merch? Yeah. Poison. Wow. It was Poison. So, oh. so po- for Poison. So, <laughs> okay. So I did that, right? And I bu- I paid $500, right, for like a whole package of flyers and everything like that. And let me tell you what I did for for a month and a half before the show. I Every Saturday and every Sunday, uh, after church on Sundays and every Saturday, I would go from Union Square and I would walk, not take the train. I would walk to Times Square and hand out flyers. Now, I was not just handing out flyers. I was having conversations. So that's so so I got to Union Square around 9 a.m. Damn. From handing out flyers, I walked to Times Square making conversations, giving out flyers. It was six o'clock because I wasn't just giving out flyers, I was having conversations. And then what I did back from Times Square, I talked to a couple of people and I walked back. This was a 12 to 15 hour mission every Saturday for a month and a half. This was like four or five Saturdays, right? And listen, a lot of people say they work hard and they they dedicated, but like when people come at me for my dedication and 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 like you don't know what I've been through, like you don't know what I had to do myself. You feel me? So a month and a half, I did the Saturday thing, right? And then I w- I will walk back to to Union Square. As I walk back, every fly that I would give out and have conversations were all on the floor. Like it was a pathway. Are you kidding like, me? I didn't even need to know where I was going. I could just follow the flyers <laughs> and I'd end up back in Union Square. Wow. Like it was so I would pick them up as much as I could, but I'm not gonna walk back and pick up every flyer. I was like, fuck it. So I would pick up some flyers. Yo, that's God, bro. And I walked mm. back to Union Square, bro. And I would see the flyers on the floor. I would walk back to Union Square and I'm like, and I'm feeling discouraged because I'm like, yo, like. Nobody, everybody's just throwing these flies out. I'm having conversations. Like, I know their names. I'm taking pictures with them. I'm showing them music. And I'm getting all positive reviews. And I'm still finding it on the floor. So I'm like, let me just be positive. So I did that for for a month and a half. Um, And then I promoted uh, on my own to, like, word of mouth. Can, Can you believe that on that show, not one person... That I didn't know from the street with the flyer came to the show. It was everybody that I hounded, hounded, and spammed to come to the show. So I have this show for two hours, right? This is not even the the half of it. I bought glow sticks. I got my merch. Uh, one person bought a, a shirt, which I was very Hamong grateful. Hamong sandwich, which I was very grateful. Is what Brendan went. Yo, so I do this show for two hours, right? It was a two-hour show. So after two hours, I'm done. Everybody loved it. My mic died on me while I'm performing. Oh my so, God. so I'm projecting my voice, and it was an amazing performance. I have a video on my Instagram about it. You, if you saw that video, you would, you would think that I had hundreds of people there and I was on. But no. After the show, I went to the door person to collect my money. Right? You know how much money he gives me? Like 50 bucks? Yeah. It was about, it was about like fifty bucks. Fifty bucks. It was about because he brought six people. I brought twenty four. That was thirty. He gave oh he gave me forty dollars. 
Jesus. He get no fifty fifty dollars or whatever. So let me get the math right here. You spent over five hundred dollars on this show. This is over. No, I spent over seven hundred because I had to pay the booking agent two hundred seventy five dollars. Right. Oh fuck. Right. Two seven seven plus seven, the merch. Five. I brought. I pay. I, I out of my own pocket. I, I like a thousand dollars off rip. And you made fit forty bucks. Fifty bucks, which was a my unlimited metric card that expired that night. And I need to get unlimited metric card. <laughs> On top of that. But wow. let me tell you what happened. That booking agent. Didn't tell me, either had the information, either didn't do her job right or, or scammed me. And the the venue said, no, the book. I don't know why the booking agent told you that, that they're t- we're taking the first 12. Because I had 30. 12 tickets mean you're only taking 12. So that means that's, uh, that's uh, 18 more tickets unaccountable for. That's $180. Give me my money. No. Every hour, we take the first 12. You had a two-hour show. We take the first 24. Wow. At that point, I couldn't get angry with the venue. That's the venue's rules. I was like, oh, I see what happens. And that that's only two. That's only two struggles that I've had from the age of 16, Brother, 17. I just want you and to I know. And I still, and we still rock out and play every single month. And do what we do. So if you want to ask if I love this, if I'm dedicated, <laughs> what I what I just told you is your answer. Yeah. Yo. And that's only two instances in the last what eight, nine years? Yeah. Two. And I still didn't give up. I still don't have the urge to give up. When I'm 30, maybe I'll think about that. I'm only 25 now. Nah, I still got five nah, more. No, don't years. do it. Don't do it, bro. So yeah. Don't yeah. do it. Yo, can we give so that's real it. as fucking Brendan? <laughs> like, can I just give it up real quick? Holy fuck. We need like a clap. There you go. <laughs> there we go. Now it's official. I'm not Yo, because that, he got bro. it out of his system too. Holy fuck, dude. Yeah. It's good to let it out. I'm sure as <laughs> no, you know what, bro? it's good to let I'm, it out. I'm so glad we did this because <laughs> it gives other people the opportunity at least perspective yo more than perspective bro they get they get the inside detail on just a bit of the introduction to that's what just you a bit have. yeah because you that's said that's two, two out of eight nine years that's two and i have a lot more a lot more and they're just as long stories and it's terrible that's nuts like now i mean you see I, my frustration no i understand like, i understand I why see, like i understand I, why the energy's up here whew, when like, you do it i get it now that's why I, I, I make think my I music. get it. I don't want to say yeah, I got you do. it. Like that that's why I make my music. That's why I go so hard on stage. Like that's why, like, if you tell me, oh 100 percent of zero. That's it. That's it. That's it. I don't give nothing less than hundred percent. I can't. I can't even merit the idea of what it must be like to do that shit and have instances like that for eight or nine years. I've only been I've been making beats since I was 14. Officially, let's say. Because mm-hmm. I was actually um, one of the first students in my high school to get to take part in the music production class that was for the first time being introduced in the entire campus. Mm-hmm. My school was divided into like four or five different campuses. They had one school for just music. I didn't get into that school. The school I was in was more like global politics and like hot button issues and stuff like that. Okay. My sophomore year, I took a music history class. I fell in love with African music there. Nice. Afro beats, my first introduction to Fela Kuti, all of the music that started 
back in like the 40s 50s um the history on all the african like percussion the ngoni the kona the all the instruments that they had um the influences they had on the genres to come on funk on jazz on on blues on everything um and then junior year they had a vote on what they were doing with the funds that they generated for new classes they had like a language like an extra language like spanish or french they had music production then they had like art i hounded everybody in my school to vote for music production Mm -hmm. i didn't know why because i'd never done it before yeah but i took that music class and when i found out that the music producer music production class was going to be from the same teacher i was like yo fuck spanish i'll teach you how to speak spanish fuck art you can't draw let's do the music production class we got it done they came up with the money for like 10 macbooks nice like four condenser mics and then sony acid four for everybody nice i fucking day one got on that computer bro and opened that program and learned how to put like some sounds in like just clips in Uh and putting them together I got goosebumps, like the hardest goosebumps I've ever gotten in yeah. my life. When I heard those sounds. That was it. And I was like, yo, this is so fucking dope. Yeah. And everyone, what's crazy to me is that like everyone in the class was making stuff that it sounded creative, but it sounded not like rhythmic. It didn't sound catchy. And for me, it was so easy. Like the professor was just like, have you done this before? And I'm like, no, but I love it. Like I want to take... And the thing is that we weren't allowed to take that class again. We were only allowed one time a semester. Most people don't know it. I used to skip class to go back to the music production class. I would I would actually like sneak into his classes and he would kick me out. And I'm like, yo, bro. Wow. I don't I and I would lie, I'd be like, yo, I have a free period. I just want to learn how to like what what are you teaching today that you didn't teach in the class? Dope. So learning how to like you know, hook up a mic or record or whatever, how to, how to sample, how to EQ, how to, um, how to, uh, pan left and right on different sounds, like everything. I learned that program to the point where I can fucking make a beat with my eyes closed on, on mm-hmm. acid. That's the reason why I still use it. I used it. That was the first introduction for me. That was the first program. Yeah. It works. I don't need, I felt like at that point I didn't need anything. I just needed to learn how to create the sounds I wanted to put on on the computer um and i did that shit for three years in uh high school and at the end of the um at the end when i uh at the end of high school when i graduated i went back to the teacher just to like like thank him and he got mad and he was like and i was like what's wrong and he he fucking pulled out a copy of the program he goes if you ever tell anyone i gave you this you're gonna be in a lot of trouble he wasn't supposed to give me the program he gave me a copy of sony acid that's that was sony acid five i have been using seven. I downloaded seven a few years ago. I, f- I figured out like how to keygen and patch it up. And um, I say that to say this. I've been making beats that long. I haven't been putting in the work. I know I haven't been putting in the work. It, it feels frustrating to know that at that point in my life, I was already set in stone that I wanted to do it. And it's now that I'm trying to um, showcase how passionate I am about it. Fast forward, we go to the um, beat battles. I did three beat battles um, last year. Two of them were MDCs, 
One of them was the legacy event. Mm-hmm. I lost all three of those events. The second event, no, I'm lying. There was four because it was two legacy events. The first legacy event, um, I played um, Child's Play. Didn't you get second place in one of them? Bro, the, 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 no, for MDC, I made it to semifinals because I went up against Ibrahim. Shout out to Ibrahim. He fucking, he smoked me. He Ibrahim smoked is me. the man. Yo, Ibrahim is a man. Dope. Maddie Beats, I want to have you. I want to have Maddie all the pro- any Beats. other producers. Let me say this right now: any other producers that I've ever fucked with in a battle, I want them up here. That's gonna be a lot of podcasts, <laughs> or either we do like a roundtable of just producers, yeah. or yeah. or like something. But mm-hmm. these motherfuckers are talented. Like Maddie, or Beats, just producers, I'll be here too because I'm a producer now. Holy too. fucking a, bro! <laughs> that would be nuts. No, just to hey, wait, didn't too. you give up on that? <laughs> uh, so here's the thing. <laughs> First of all, before before like yeah, my nigga Frankie, yeah, like that's my nigga. Like Frankie, Franny, Mike, shout out! Like you guys are dedicated, and you guys, you guys are amazing. Like I really appreciate you guys. Like in my dream, and my and my and my my goals, like you guys are with it. You guys go through the through the motions. You guys go through everything. Frankie, you played two other bands and you still seven. You still, we counted how many? Hold on, hold on. We lost hold track. On. We got it. Hold yeah. on. We got like, it. Look, we ran out of paper. So, so. Up, and you seven, still seven like, actually. It's still, it's still like drunk and all. No, seven that he remembered. Everything. Seven that he remembered. Mike, like everything, trooping it from Manhattan to Brooklyn, like Franny. Dedicated the whole cr- like, your 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 camp. I will say you got a solid camp, bro. Yeah, and you it took really years for me to camp. get this. No, and that and that's that. Like, that's why I'm saying you shouldn't even think about. You shouldn't dare to think about never. quitting at 30. You're saying you might now think I'm about. Like, I'm saying fuck that. Yeah, Don't nah, think you're about right, it. You're right. Because now I'm like, yo, my camp is elite. Like, that's, bro, the how long? Team is elite. How long do you think it took Afro to sound that good? Yeah. How long? Matter of fact, I got a better question. Yo, Nano, lead lead band member of lead. Lead for Afro. How long did it take you to get that band together? Yeah. He's been fucking going at it for years. Yeah, that's to how we try it to is. get that band, bro. People see, people only see the top of the iceberg, Yo. the tip. And hold on, not to cut you off. Pause. Not to cut you off. <laughs> <laughs> um, but the reason I was saying is because from your story, it's been negative, 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 negative. One big ass positive. Yeah. Negative, negative, a good positive, negative, a good positive, negative, good positive, negative, negative, big positive, right? For me, it's been like experience after experience of positivity, of good feedback. When I went to that show, like the first show, I went in with no intentions, with no ill will, with no, with no desire in my bone to like kill. I just, I was having fun, bro. Mm -hmm. It was pure utter. It's like it's like the first time when you go to the play place as a kid and you fall go in the like pit of balls, pause. Your eyes just light You're up. You're just like, how is this real, right? Like that Elmo meme with the I explosion never... behind him. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, for real. Uh it wasn't until that beat first beat battle. And shout out to MDC too, bro. Shout out to Riser. Shout out to that kid. Riser's my guy. Surge, my guy. Like you guys do a lot for the culture. A lot. Shout outs to them, bro. Because it wasn't till that first beat battle that I felt like in the right place. Yeah. The problem was everyone I was showing my beats to was saying it was good. 
I didn't get one person that gave me like criticism. Yeah. I got maybe one that I was it, like maybe like from my brother, from somebody that was like, eh, all right, I'll take it with a grain of salt. When I went to those battles and heard how loud the people would cheer for the other person, even if the beat wasn't as good, I was just like, oh, hold on. I'm not going to win this. But the first battle, I didn't give a fuck. I made it to the second round. I had beat. I had beat. Yo, shout out to 420 Hertz. Because the first battle I had with was against Angel 420 Hertz. So it was Angel versus Angel. It's all on Instagram. It was the dopest fucking thing because I actually got to hear his creative process. And then he and then everyone else got to hear our own like just to share that. But having that moment of like realizing, okay, you as a producer have to be okay with the fact that you're not gonna make a song or a beat that everyone's gonna like. Yeah. No one told me that. So when I fucking went to Legacy, the first beat I played was silence silence right and it's two beats per round right so it's back and forth so it would be me the next person me the next person first beat i played they're like yo give it up for angel <laughs> right <laughs> the fucking dj looked at me bro after the dude played the, his first beat and the crowd was fucking oh the dj is like yo play your hardest beat right now and i'm like bro i was gonna save that no 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 play your hardest beat right now I put fucking child's play. Pause. Shut that. <laughs> and you can go check it. Shut that shit down. I still lost, bro. Yeah. That crowd did not react that way until the last beat played by Dab the Ninja. Shout out to you too, bro. Fucking killing it. He's one of the youngest producers out in Jersey. What's lit? Fucking shit up. Not until that last round was the crowd really ro- uh, uh, like rowdy. But if you were in the car with me after an event like that, like two, three, four shows going down and it's all L's, bro, I was ready to punch the windshield, bro. Yeah. Cause nobody's gonna tell you that. Nobody's gonna tell you that failure is a checkpoint to your success. It's a milestone. It's supposed to happen. You're not supposed to win every time. If you win every time, that means you're about to take a big ass L. Life is not all W's, bro. You never arrive. You arrive when you die. I don't know about that. You never That's arrive. That's deep. That's deep. You arrive when you die. Mm. Think about that. You never reach your plateau. You never reach mm. the epitome of what you can be mm. until you die. My nobody thing is, nobody is you're nobody till somebody kills you. Big, like mm. that's it. I was gonna tell you earlier. Study the greats. I'm the greatest right now. Mm. J Cole. I studied the greats. I'm the greatest right now. So when you say Biggie and Jay. Are your greats? Don't stop, bro. What the Facts. fuck are you talking about? You studying the greats. Facts. You'll be the greatest. You just got to keep studying the greats. And there's more goats yeah. in this generation that have something to say, that have their music out, that have the message out. You just got to get, you just got to find it. Yeah. It's just like the Bible. You don't have to believe in the whole Bible. Just find your message. Find the message. That's true. Find what you, what means to you i don't read the bible i don't read the bible but i get the message i get the message your question with production i got into production because i was tired of like asking for beats or like waiting on someone to make a beat or whatever and i was like you know what i can do this myself and uh i I went to sae for music engineering Mm. and one one year it, it was that whole one year thing i wrote for one year got beastly still getting beastly still not where i want to be but still improving one year production Got beastly, like 
So now a lot of the new music that I'm dropping, we produce together. Me and my boy Andrew, shout out to Andrew Biblari. We produce together some joints. I produced, I produce my own. Like, listen, like self sufficiency. Like that's 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 where we at. Hey it's yo, a generation of self sufficiency. Hey yo, let me hear something. Hey yo, Frankie, you got the guitar in your hand. Can I hear something real quick? Oh, you got the guitar in your hand. Turn that, turn that mic up. Turn that mic to the the speaker real quick. For the people. Afro Dominicano, greatest guitar player of this generation. I'm saying it. I tried. <laughs> At least in this building. That's <laughs> Greatest guitar player in this building. Facts. <laughs> Facts. You want to do a song? Let's do it. Yo, Brandon. Let's do it. Let me hear some. How's the audio? <laughs> How's the audio? Who this? Jam session. In the middle of a podcast, real is Brendan, Frankie Payne, AO Productions. Echoes of future. That's what this comes to now. I don't trust nobody. Goes a future. That's what this come to now. I don't trust nobody. Uh. They say B, you should open up. Uh. They say B, you shut off too much. Yeah, I say nah. You just open up, yeah. I say nah. You just talk too much, yeah. Talk too much, bitches take me for granted, yeah. Oh, y'all take me for granted. I'm too complex. You just don't read much. I'm a project. You just need to listen much. This craft is the death of me. Loneliness creeps up on me You don't want this baggage claim Plus I'm chasing fame I wasn't done changing Baby, come back, yeah Things take time, yeah Please come back Don't hang up now Too late for that Can't lose your love now Too late for that Don't leave me alone now Too late for that I'm alone now, please pray for that, yeah There goes our future That's what this comes to now I don't trust nobody Yeah, uh. There goes our future that's what this comes 
to now I don't trust nobody Yeah uh. They say B You should open up Woo! They say B You shut off too much Yeah I say nah You just talk too much Woo! I say nah You just open up Yeah uh, yeah, yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah, yeah uh. Yeah And there it is, people Give it up God damn, real Brenton that was emotional. Wow. Yeah. Is that a was that a first jam session for Hootis podcast? Uh, on air, yeah. There you go. Oh, nice. Setting the standard, people. God nice. Follow us. Goddamn. Setting the standard. Realist Brandon, Frankie Payne, representing Realist Sound Entertainment. You know, I feel like we're at a family gathering right now. We got the. Oh, I'm sorry, guys. <laughs> My fault. You think we just need the food? We just need food, food for the family gathering. You feel someone me? get the coleslaw. Someone we, get the we chicken. Hungry <laughs> niggas is hungry. <laughs> Yo, I could I could kill for some like Boston Market right now. <sighs> no, you're not with is that. Is there Boston Market near here? Near here? There, there is. No, no, not here. Not near. Queens, Isn't there one in Northern Boulevard? No, that's oh way over there. That's, that's by Woodside like Story. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Okay. Are we really far from the mall or we know it's like a few blocks away? No, nah, the mall, the Queen mall. Center Mall? Yeah. It's like a five minute walk. Yeah. A food court. It's over right there. there. Food court. 